0: Welcome to Practice DNA, the podcast that teaches you how to set up, build and run your own practice. Sponsored by Icon Practice, practice management software. Get anywhere access to your system while saving thousands in upfront costs. Visit iconpractice.com now. I'm very lucky today to have on the call with me uh, Dr. Jacob Brady Walker from the chiropractic place in Darwin. Jacob is a very good friend of mine that I've known for many years, and he uh, is in the process of setting up a very exciting venture called Quantum Chiropractic, where he's got together the uh, leaders in the profession, um, and he's going to be sharing all their insights through his uh, program called Quantum Chiropractic. So um, we're here today to talk to him about uh, marketing his practice, though, and I'm sure he'll give you a bit more information about that series um, as we go through. So welcome to the call, Jacob.
1: Thank you very much.
0: It's lovely to be here. It's nice to be asked. Excellent. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to have you. So thank you. Um, Do you want to maybe start by just giving the listeners a bit of background about, you know, who you are? I know I said that you practice in in Darwin at present, Mm. but, you know, what got you into the profession in the first place, maybe, or? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I actually grew up in country Victoria, a town called Ballarat, and I've been adjusted since I was about two days old, not setting any records, but a lot uh, earlier than a lot of people. Uh, My family got into chiropractic because my oldest brother had asthma as a kid, a rather normal story. Uh, They tried everything they could. They went to GPs, they went to acupuncturists, they did everything they could. And then the last ditch effort was to go see a chiropractor. And when they did, he started getting results. The philosophy of why it was working made sense to my parents. And from there, they, well, yeah, my mum became a CA. She worked in a clinic and became office manager there for 15 years while I was growing up. Uh, Whenever we got a cold, it was was always off to the chiropractor as a first result. Um, It was, yeah, just a way of life. It was a normal way of being. So then when I was in grade six, my brother, got into the course. He uh, went straight from high school into the chiropractic course. And I went, oh, you mean I can actually be a chiropractor? Of course. All right. Yep. Done. That's it. I'm going to be a chiropractor. Cool. It's a bit of a light bulb. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, up until that point, I I was a little kid and loved watching um, those lawyer shows and everything like that. And so I was setting myself up to go study law or something like that. But it was that revelation of, oh, I can actually be a chiropractor. Okay, you know what, that makes sense. It's been a big part of my life. And so grade six or maybe it could have even been grade five, I just went, right, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I worked towards all the way through uh, the last six or seven years of my high school.
0: Oh, excellent. So, I mean, that's that's a very uh, common story to hear amongst uh, most successful chiropractors is that they have that and um, that background within the profession which, is, which mm-hmm. is wonderful um where are you currently at i know you know we said you're practicing up in darwin but yeah. you know you guys own your own practice and and built by the sound of it a very successful practice up there do you want to tell us a little bit about how you came to the situation where you are
1: yeah so i met my wife while i was at uni we had a few years studying and um after i graduated i needed to wait a year while she finished We then went to Ireland for a year. Uh, That was going, that was intending to be, that was it. We were moving to Europe and we were gonna stay there forever. But uh, that was in 2010, a couple of years after the financial crisis had hit and Dublin, Ireland was hit very hard. They had a big property market going and they had a giant boom and then an incredible fall when the crisis hit. We thought that we would be there for the upswing. And, you know, we're in 2015 and they're still not really turned it around yet. Um, So we bailed out of there after nine months. So in that time we'd worked for two employers. The first one we brought back. He had debtors on his door every day, um, seeing 30 clients a week. We went out, we did screenings. We we were working six-day weeks. We got that clinic up and booming within the next six months. And then after that, after not being uh, paid properly, after checks bouncing, um, the clinic not being run well behind the scenes, we decided, right, well, we had another opportunity with someone else to go and build another clinic from scratch. At least this way we got to design our clinic and then implement. After a few months there, we weren't paid a cent. So we went, all right, Ireland is not for us. Yes. uh, (laughs) Fair enough. It's not the most pleasant experience, but after six months, after we left Ireland, we went, hmm, all right, we actually learnt some big lessons there. And, you know, after we'd gone through all of our savings just to survive while we were there, we had to move back to Australia and live with parents. So we had two choices. We could go to Ballarat where I grew up and stay with my parents. Ballarat is a country town. It's got about ninety to 110,000 people. So it's, you know, it's a town, not a city, but it's not necessarily that small. Mm. But there are lots of chiropractors there. Right. So that was one option. The other option was to move up to Darwin, which is the very top of Australia, very isolated. It's about a four-hour flight to any other city in Australia. We could live with uh, my mother-in-law and we already had a job offer up here as well. So we went, all right, let's check out Darwin. We came here and the job offer that we had was sounding (laughs) very familiar from what we had just been through. Yes. So we went, all right, that's not quite what we want then we had job offers from every other clinic in town pretty much so we went huh i think there's something going on here i think they're crying out for chiropractors and after what we'd been through we went all right we've revived the clinic we've designed another clinic don't have any um, any money at the moment but uh, my wife and i we got part-time jobs. I worked night fill at one of the supermarkets. My wife worked part-time in one of the uh, health food stores. So we just got some cash up, got a loan from one of the the medical finance companies, just a small one, and started up our clinic in a one-room serviced office. Within about four months, I think it was, we had outgrown that clinic and had to find another clinic, which we did. We found one. Just around the corner, it has uh, three treatment rooms, a big boardroom, so we've got plenty of space to move. And the biggest difference is that we actually have street frontage on here, so we can put signs up and people actually know that we're here. Excellent. Yes, it always makes a big (laughs) difference, doesn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So from there, we grew and grew and grew. 16 months into our business, we won a Telstra Business Award, which uh, anyone overseas Telstra is like AT&T or Vodafone or it's one of the biggest uh, telecommunications providers in Australia and they hold a big business award every year and we won the startup category for our state. So that was 16 months in and then we're four and a half, no, yeah, four and a half years into our business now and we've just been growing steadily since then. Yes, it's, uh, it's amazing how time flows, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It <laughs> <That laughs> doesn't uh, seem like that long. Yes. The thing to make it really fly faster was we had our first child two and a half years ago. Right. And these last two and a half years has just gone like that.
0: I suppose, uh, well, my next question to you is, and I know you've covered some of the challenges that you've faced, but what has been the biggest challenge that you've faced in building that practice? Has it been time with having a young child or has there been others?
1: or? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. Um, when we didn't have Asher. We both spent all of our time in the clinic. Like we we built ourselves a clinic that we love to be in. So I think that's one of the um one of the things to do is to build a space that you're actually comfortable in and you like being there because yeah we practically had no life work balance. I think it's a bit of a myth, especially with chiropractors, that you get a work-life balance. Chiropractic is one of those things that it kind of takes over your life. So it was a matter of finding a bit of a balance where not, mm, more finding barriers and uh, structure to work at all. Mm, sort of, because, yes, working you know, it out amongst yourselves. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> we, we take our work homes home with us. Like uh, if you own a business, you don't necessarily switch off. No, that's a very
0: common one of those things. Yes. I think partly because, you know, if you're running a business, there is a certain passion there, isn't there for, Mm. for running that business. And in some ways it it stops
1: being work and starts being fun. Um, Exactly. But I think, uh, I mean, the other thing is that chiropractors, like if you're going into chiropractic, you know, that it's a minority profession, you know, that it's, you know, if you've, done any research, you know that it's constantly under attack. We're under uh, threat from this organization or this one or there's always something going on. So I think it takes a certain personality to sign up for it and it tends to be an all or nothing person. Someone who's not itching for a fight but they're up for it if it's there. And I think that's the same personality that uh, wants to own a business and do things their own way anyway yes willing to storm the barricades and uh exactly take no prisoners and yeah exactly so i mean um i think chiropractors in particular we do have that in us so it's so easy for us to take our work home and just to not necessarily switch off as well as we could or should um which you know it works for me and leandra because we both own the business we both work in the business uh we feel that because of this passion that we've got with our work, that's what we're going to encourage our daughter to do. Not chiropractic, but something that gives her this drive, something that gets her out of bed and um, gets her fired up. Yes, and if she wants to be a chiropractor, I imagine you're not going to dissuade oh, her. To... I'm not going to dissuade her at all. No, indeed. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, one of the other barriers that one of the other difficulties that we have found is especially in Darwin, we we're quite isolated. So as I said, we're about four hours away by plane to anywhere else in Australia. So uh, for a lot of the time up here, we have felt like we're at the ends of the earth. But one of the ways that I have dealt with that, especially recently, is to actually get on the phone and just start talking to other chiropractors. Mm. That's part of what uh, the Quantum Chiropractic Series is about. It's about being inspired by other chiropractors' stories and getting different ideas. And um, one of the things that I noticed on Facebook is that in Melbourne, people are, you know, chiropractors are catching up, they're meeting up, they've got this group, they've got that group, they've got, um, you know, they're getting involved with the universities and helping students. And, you know, it's got this real sense of community and action, whereas as soon as you get away from that, it's easy to, Uh, sort of just go
0: through the motions that in uh, sorry in in some ways sort of leads into perhaps what my next question to you would be is what do you feel is the biggest challenge facing new chiropractors today as they're getting into the profession
1: oh isolation absolutely um if you don't if you're not constantly talking to other chiropractors who are at various stages of their journey like you need different mentors you need contact with your peers because otherwise you get complacent. Mm. You know, we graduate from all the colleges have their own strengths and lots of them focus on various techniques or um, give you a broad range and it's easy to just go, all right, well, I've got that under my belt. That's what I'm going to do. And you can, absolutely, but it um, I think it limits your potential.
0: Do you feel the... Uh, challenges facing new chiropractors are different today from what they were say 10 or 15 years ago
1: I do I think um, when I was growing up in the 80s and early 90s when I was a little kid and seeing chiropractors and mum was you know, the office manager at that clinic it was on the tail end of the golden years of chiropractic in Australia so the golden years uh, are what I refer uh, what I call it um in the 70s and 80s you know it seemed like chiropractic was this brand new thing in Australia and everyone wanted to get onto it and you know the it's the ones where all of the coaches tend to come from that era where they studied in America then they came back to Australia had amazing booming clinics and that's what we keep hearing about i think what we're graduating into in the past 10 years or so it's a different climate we've got lots of you know people looking up dr google and coming in with preconceived ideas they um you know sometimes they've yeah people have heard of what chiropractic is and they come to it with their preconceived ideas there's certainly no shortage of, of chiropractic bashes out there on the internet Yeah, exactly.
0: Yes, and so, you know, everybody has the ability to put their their voice forward in a way that is completely different from what it was 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Um, And that's great for us, but at the same time, you know, the people who are, you know, these people are putting out their perspectives, which are not always, very often not based in fact. Mm. Um, and that's one of the big challenges that we find is working with clients if they have had any negative press through uh, very sceptic organisations that uh, that can be having a a dramatic impact on their practice.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, I think uh, we've got a lot of that out there. I mean, the other good thing is that we do have a lot of good information out there. I mean, that potential to have the negative press, the negative um, reviews and all that, also gives us the potential to spread ideas and great ideas about what we do just as easily. Absolutely. So it can work to our advantage. I think uh, graduates now are also much more savvy with the way the internet works and how they can do that. So you know, it's it's different. But and I've painted it as this doomy, gloomy sort of thing, but it doesn't have to be. No. I mean, We've, we've also reached an age where uh, tribes are sort of the new thing. Like you've got, uh, I'm going to use CrossFit as an example. I love CrossFit as an example of many things. But one of the things that they do really well is that they'll get, call it 20, call it 50 or 100 people all coming in doing the same workout and they build this camaraderie where they help push each other and help each other grow sometimes it can go too far but mostly they're just part of a community which tends to be all about functional movement which in my books is good maybe pushing it a bit far sometimes but you know it's a good a step in the right direction and they get this group mentality which tends to be healthier and they tend to go with you know someone will start on the paleo diet or something more natural less processed and everyone else goes, huh, that's a great idea. That's one example of a tribe. Yes, well, uh, that ties in with what we were
0: discussing before we started recording about uh, how, uh, you know, you will become the, or very least be very heavily influenced yeah. by the, the five people that you spend the most time
1: with. And uh, Absolutely. Yes. So, I mean, if you're able to create a tribe in your clinic, then you can make a huge impact on your community because you're almost creating your own community and being the leader of that means that you'll be able to have a larger impact and, you know, people tend to bring in like-minded people, Mm. which is, you know, you can either uh, just adjust them and send them on their way or you can help build a community that empowers each other and helps build and grow. Um, I think that's, a great recipe for building a great clinic and a busy thriving bustling clinic by having everyone buying into it because yes. it becomes a way of life
0: from that respect in in terms of creating communities like that and so forth have you found that the internet has has changed the way that you've marketed
1: your practice it has we uh, when we were in Ireland there was no internet marketing done for that one when i was working in ballarat and melbourne with my brother's clinic we didn't do any of that either when we came to darwin though we were actually the first clinic in darwin to have a website right. so it meant that people were able to find us easily after that we started up a facebook page which you know it's i think we're on 1500 likes something like that it's not giant but it gets engagement and uh, if we see something that resonates with us, so I I love Robin Sharma's work Uh, he wrote The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari and The Leader Without a Title I love his work and so I follow him on Facebook and he's got great quotes and you know just in the last few days I've shared a couple of his quotes and it's because they're congruent with what we're trying to do as a clinic and it's little things that can help our clients take control of their own lives. And because uh, that's what we're really about. Like, sure, we can treat back pain, we can treat headaches or whatever you want. But it's about the health choices and taking ownership of your health. So we're able to help get that message out really easily through um, digital marketing.
0: Have you found uh, that you've managed to, to leverage any of the review sites that are out there, things like White Coat and Google Plus and um, things like True Local and so forth? I know as, as registered healthcare professionals, we have a very fine line that we mm-hmm. have to tread between sort of encouraging our patients to leave positive reviews, but at the same time they're not allowed to to make any clinical-based comments yep. uh, on those, and you know, you've got to be careful that you don't solicit testimonials in effect isn't
1: it <laughs> so it's yeah it's tricky in Australia mm. um, and I think we're the only one of the only countries in the world that has that sort of a ruling uh, yeah it our biggest one has been Facebook um, we, we do advertise on Google we have someone else who manages that and we've got everything taken care of that way but yeah it's Facebook that it's the word of mouth but not in your face well actually it's quite literally in your face but um yeah it's we've had a few clients who go oh yeah no no my friend likes you on Facebook and then I went oh yeah I like that and it's that constant top of the mind effect I think Facebook has a lot of strengths in that respect in that
0: you Mm. know if a friend likes your page then that's that social proof and that social recommendation actually to uh, you know, much in much the same way as a normal word of mouth referral is. It's, you yeah, know, have absolutely. That endorsement from from their friends. So, yes, it's it's learn, working out a way to leverage that effectively is uh, is certainly the challenge. Exactly. for A lot of practitioners. I
1: mean, we haven't noticed much from Yelp or White Coat or mm. um, any of the others. I mean, honestly, we haven't really tried very much though. Um, so I don't know how successful or unsuccessful that would be. Yes, and my experience in dealing with uh, Yelp is, well,
0: Census have, have taken over Yelp in Australia, I believe. And so they so, have, yeah. Yes, and they, they don't tend to do particularly well in their online platforms, in my personal experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's hope that they may just uh, slide quietly away, I think. Um <laughs> <laughs> and i think the the nib white coat thing produced a, quite a bit of fear amongst the profession unfortunately mm. for something oh, absolutely the potential to be quite positive but thankfully i think that's died a bit of a quiet death as well mm. um, and and really i think it, it comes down to facebook is, is probably the main place that you need to be doing it like you quite rightly said
1: mm. yeah yeah well that's what we found anyway
0: uh, we've sort of talked about um, new chiropractors coming into the profession, but mm. do you think that there's particular challenges facing uh, older chiropractors within the profession today, whether it be aspects of digital marketing or just the, it's no longer the golden age of chiropractic, like you said, mm. in many respects, do you think there are unique challenges facing those older practitioners?
1: I think there are. I think, uh, I mean, well, as I said, when we first got to Darwin, no one had a website, no one had a website. This is only four and a half years ago. So this was 2010 we started our clinic. Or wait, no, 2011 we started our clinic and no one had a website. I don't think they see it as necessary. A lot of these clinics, they've been established for a while. Uh, They're nice and busy, everyone's comfortable. So I think when you get comfortable, it's easy to get complacent and stop noticing what's going on around you. Um, And, you know, the digital age is here. I think uh, if you don't acknowledge that, then you're in strife. I mean, everything might be going quite well at the moment, but what happens when the next wave comes? What if someone comes and sets up down the road and they've got an amazing digital presence and anyone in my age bracket or below is looking for people online. You're going to lose entire generations just because uh, you're not keeping up with it, um, which is why we actually set up the the website because that's what we do, I mean, we moved to Darwin and went, all right, so what have we got in Darwin? Let's get on Google. Let's see what's going around. Let's you know, can we find any chiropractors? Can we find, You know, any good cafes, can we find restaurants and, uh, you know, Darwin Festival is one of those, you know, it happens for two weeks every year and, you know, we found that out by doing a search on the internet. Right. If you're not there, for for me, it's almost like you don't exist. I was just travelling for a month around Australia while uh, my wife was on tour for her book and every time we went somewhere new, we went, all right, well, where are we going to eat? where is our local coffee spot gonna be? And it was through the internet that we found them. And we do go by, you know, reviews and, you know, one of them had 4.6 stars out of five. Great, let's go give that a try. And by doing that in uh, Brisbane, we found, you know, out in a, you know, a nice and central suburb, but still very, very residential, we found this little strip of shops. And in that strip, there were three or four different cafes. So we had a week there and we were able to try each cafe and figure out, all right, which one is the one that we keep going back to. But we wouldn't have found that if they weren't on the internet. It's absolutely vital these days for, for people to have an effective
0: presence. And, mm. and one thing I see a lot is that your people may well have, particularly in Melbourne and Sydney and you know, overseas in the bigger bigger cities people have a website but they may not have updated it for sort of Mm -hmm. five or six years in in much the same way that like you said you get people get very complacent um they can become complacent online as well. And so in the same Mm -hmm. way that their clinic can start looking very dated and the the magnolia walls and the beige couch and all this (laughs) sort of stuff starts looking very dated. And when you're in the practice working with it, you don't notice it, Um, your digital presence can suffer in that same way as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, yeah, I think, all right, so for clinics that have been around for a while, all right, so you need to get online if you're not already, But the other thing is that uh, I've got a coach and if you don't have a coach, then I think uh, it's easy again to just get stuck in the day-to-day, just going through the motions. And if you don't have someone who is questioning you and pushing you and um, who you can talk about, just talk about questioning you about the day-to-day stuff and bigger picture ideas, again, it's easy to get complacent and um, one of the books that you actually put me onto to when we first met was The E-Myth by Michael E. Gerber mm. one of the principles that still sits with me from that is that nothing is in a state of stillness everything is always contracting or expanding and that goes for businesses, you're either growing or you're shrinking and if you don't work on it if you do let yourself just get in a rut it's easy for it to start shrinking because your clients pick up on it I think we've we've chatted about this before haven't we in that you know
0: given the if nothing else given the current environment where um, you know our government tells us that the inflation rate is three to four percent but in reality when you look at what's happening with with electricity charges and rent charges mm-hmm. and all this type of thing for for running a business if you're not growing it you know, five to 10% a year, you are realistically going backwards and, yeah, absolutely. And, and contracting, like you're saying. So yeah, I think you've got some, some very good points there.
1: So yeah, I think, um, yeah, even if you, you know, even if you don't want to coach, you need to have a support group of other chiropractors and you, and you push each other. You have to. Yes, and like an accountability group, in effect. That yeah, you say, absolutely. You
0: know, this month I'm going to aim to get, you know, X number of patients in through the door or we want yep. to get this particular task done in the practice, you know, paint the reception area or do it the yeah. website or, or whatever. It's... Uh, yeah somebody to to hold you accountable when in uh, you know 4 to 6 weeks time you haven't done anything about it it's, it gets rather embarrassing when you stand up in front of your peers and have to say that so it, uh... actually i didn't do anything
1: this month mm. <laughs> yeah right next <laughs> <laughs> yeah and actually that is one of the things that we did early on when we were building our clinic we were part of a networking group and it was fantastic because it measured everything and mm. it you know it gave you that accountability to other people to actually perform yes and you, you need that and it can't be internal yeah. because unless you have the most amazing self discipline you're going to let yourself off the hook yes
0: and even if even if you have got amazing self discipline there's there's aspects that as an individual, you can't be fully aware of, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yes, and just that outside
1: objective perspective is, is a big help. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just saw an Einstein quote yesterday or the day before. The world that we live in is a result of the way we think, have been thinking. To change the world, you need to change the way you think. Mm. It works exactly the same on a grand scale or a clinical scale or just on the scale of one. Yes, well, I've, I think
0: we've uh, we've covered most of what I needed to ask you today. It's, uh, is there anything in particular that you'd like to, to share with people? Um, normally I ask, you know, if you've got one gem of advice for a chiropractor wanting to build their practice today, um, what would it be? But I think we've, we've covered a lot of that. So maybe mm. perhaps if you could tell us what would be a book that you would recommend that a chiropractor should read today? What's the one that you feel has either been most... Instrumental in guiding your thinking as you've gone along, or something that perhaps you're reading at present that you think think people would really benefit from, or both?
1: I really like Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Workweek. Yes. I work a hell of a lot more than four hours, but there are some great principles in there. Um, One of the ones is about the 80 20 rule, where 80% of your results will generally come from 20% of your clients. At the same time, 80% of your problems will come from another 20% of your clients. So he's uh, got some great ideas on how you can fine-tune your time management and even just just attitudes and processes without, without uh, losing results. Yeah, and actually his podcast is fantastic as well, uh, Tim Ferriss. He does have like, some I think.
0: Yes, and I think Got some it's great the, interviews. Yeah, Tim Ferriss podcast. I think it's called. Mm. Isn't it? this has some amazing individuals on there that just do all sorts of crazy things, and it's it's yeah. not just business related. It's health. It's um, training. It's yep. languages. We had like
1: it's, Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, a personal trainer who designs the strength programs for the U.S. Navy SEALs, and yeah, some a really diverse group, but. You just listen to it and go, right, I can use that here. I can use that there. And it's often a way of thinking about problems that helps just put some clarity and some easy uh, steps together. So yeah, his work's been fantastic. Um, And it's, yeah, through his work that, you know, because anyone who's got kids realizes that when that first baby arrives, it kind of puts things in perspective. Yes, and for me it was all right. Well, what was my goal when I was getting into chiropractic? I wanted to help people. I wanted to help them, help them with their health, and uh, chiropractic for me is the way to do that. And it was, you know, I that played on my mind for years without having a way of scaling that to be on a big, in a big way, uh, beyond the hands-on clients one-on-one. So that played on my mind, and then it was Tim Ferriss's book that opened up this whole new world and all these different resources which is then why i started the quantum chiropractic series Mm. Um, because yeah as we talked about isolation is a big problem with chiropractors and you know if you're not getting inspired by people generally you get stuck in a rut absolutely you've got some pretty big
0: names that are uh, that have taken part in this uh, the Mm. quantum chiropractic series do you want to just maybe give the listeners a, a quick rundown on on who they are
1: yeah, I've got uh, John D. Martini, Patrick Gentempo. I've got you on there. I've got Mark Apostles, Ari Diskin. I've got Russ Rosen, uh, Ted Koren. I've got uh, Lawrence Tam, Josh Wagner. Uh, yeah, I've recorded just over 20 sessions already, and I've still got a few more to squeeze into the next week or two before we launch. Um, it's been phenomenal, the response that I've had from. These big names in our profession who are used to leading, and you know they they haven't come onto it because they want to help me. They've come onto it because they want to help the profession. Yes, they want to help you. They want to help anyone listening to this podcast because we all know that chiropractic is the way to help improve people's health without any surgery, without any drugs, without anything external. That's the way to help people increase their health and reach their optimum. Absolutely. And we all know that we can do that. We all know that chiropractic can be and should be playing a bigger role in that. And I believe that, you know, by helping other chiropractors and by keeping that inspiration up instead of letting it die down, I think that that's how we can encourage chiropractors to stand up and lead their communities and build their own communities and make a bigger difference and help grow chiropractic yes well we'll definitely
0: put a a link in the show notes to the uh, quantum chiropractic series and people can pop along there i believe it's you've got a sign up form there now for people to express interest it's
1: right there um it the live dates are from the 15th of june so it's coming up shortly. Coming up very fast. Getting very excited.
0: Yes, we'll, we'll have to get this podcast uh, edited up and, and put out <laughs> soon so people have got plenty of time to sign up.
1: Though it is uh, open for a little while, isn't it, I think? You... It is. Yes, it goes for right. a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and then there will be extended access.
0: Good. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure you're very, very welcome.
1: Yes, you've been very generous with the information
0: you've shared. So, uh, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, no, excellent, and best of luck with the uh, launch of that qu- the quantum Chiropractic, and uh, I'm sure it'll go really well. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit practicedna.com and sign up to receive full transcripts of the episodes as well
1: as other special subscriber only resources.